I think that is a really big thing that not many people talk about around the sleep deprivation and, and how to handle it. Hello and welcome to the Mumalogs podcast, the podcast created for mothers by mothers to share stories, encourage each other and create a safe space. Hosted by Melbourne mum, Kate Burgess, a mum with a passion for all things, support, empowerment and love for all mothers and their journeys. Today on the show, we're talking to a Sydney mum named Karina, who has a beautiful five-month-old baby boy named Theo and has started her own business while on maternity leave. The business called The Milk Society stocks a range of breastfeeding-friendly t-shirts and dresses and other breastfeeding accessories. Today on the show, we'll be talking all things mum life, the challenges of modern-day parents, and just how hard sleep deprivation really is. Thank you so much for being here today, Karina. It's an absolute pleasure being able to share your story with the listeners of the Mumalogs podcast and our very first guest too, so even more exciting. Um, Today we'll be chatting all things mum life and your wonderful business that you're setting up and just what it's like to be a mum for the first time and all of the trials and tribulations that go along with that. But first things first, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners, let them know who you are, what you're up to, and how you found mum life so far. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, My name's Karina, Mm -hmm. and I am the owner of the Milk Society. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband, who I've been with for now two and a half years, approaching three, um, is, yeah, my rock, and Mm -hmm. we both live in Sydney. Um, his name's Matt and uh, we actually met overseas so we met in the French Alps snowboarding which is interesting (laughs) amazing (laughs) were you both actually from Sydney when you met no no so he's actually from um, New Zealand so yeah so we met in France and Mm -hmm. then it turned out that both of us were living in London Mm mm-hmm and uh yeah we ended up going out on a few dates and then I friend carded him for about <laughs> six months um uh, because I was thinking of coming home and yeah. then I decided not to so um we then get got together we were there uh for about uh four years yeah. and then we've come back so yeah, and we decided Sydney because my parents are here. So um, naturally, you kind of go with whether or not it's your uh, your, your husband's side or mm-hmm. you know the wife's side. So yeah, uh, we chose Sydney because we yep. knew people here, and we really wanted to settle down. And we weren't um, we were boyfriend and girlfriend when we got back, and yep. um, and then he proposed, and we had. a you know, we had a wedding and uh, and then we've got little Theo. Theo is five, five and a half months now. Uh, uh, so he was born in May, um, yeah. mid-May. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's our first. And, wow. uh, yeah, he's just so uh, amazing. Like he, yeah. he just lights up my world and um, everyone else is around him too because he's just the oh. most giggly kid oh. ever. 
But so not, there is nothing better yeah. than a baby laugh. It is like the most intoxicating sound there ever is. You can't Amazing. possibly be sad and hear a baby laugh. It's just it's the best. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and he's the reason for the Milk Society. Um, he's, you know, the, the my driver really. Um, he is the reason why. Uh, I want to make it successful. Absolutely. I can imagine that having a little tiny person there as your cheer squad is the exact motivator that you need to make this business incredibly successful. Obviously, that along with your incredible business mind and all of your talents definitely helps. Um, but my first question for you today is, in mum life that you have experienced so far, is it what you expected when you had that idealistic view when you were pregnant or when you, you know, before you had children and how you thought pregnancy and mum life would be is it how it's been or has it been something completely different <laughs> no no not at all <laughs> no and it's interesting because now I can you know reflect and you know see my friends even now that don't have kids mm-hmm. and I can totally understand their mindset yeah because they're probably thinking what do I do every day yep and that was my question when I saw mums, particularly mums that I worked with. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do every day? Why do you need to take maternity leave? What, what, like, I don't understand. Yeah. And something that, um, what I just can't comprehend even now is that I really didn't understand how much time it took to look after such a little baby. Um, yeah. And the baby's got so many needs and you need to fulfill all of those needs mm-hmm. all the time, 24 hours, seven days a week. Yeah. And um, I didn't think that I would, like I'm not a very maternal person. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wasn't, but yeah. now I am. Yeah. And um, it's way better than what I ever thought it was going to ever be. Yeah. Um, you know, like I feel, I just feel way more fulfilled as a person and I just never knew love and, yeah. you know, unconditional love mm-hmm. like this ever before. It's like, oh, like I just, yeah, you can't, ex- you can't describe it. But then yeah. when you, when you talk to other parents and, you know, you do, you, you really do understand that. Um yeah. It's almost like it's like you know you hear people say things like they see a cute little baby and you know I just want to eat them up. It's almost like a violent love, like you love them so much. It's almost like this, you know, you just want to sort of squeeze them and like literally eat them up. Like it's just this all-encompassing, amazing love, and it's yeah, it's it is it's a wonderful thing. But it's you can't even begin to comprehend it unless you've been through it, can you? It's just yeah, like your heart walking around outside your body like it's it's bizarre right. yeah. yeah yeah and you would do anything yes. at all you know yeah. you you yeah. yeah you'd do anything for them like you yeah. know stand in front of a car yeah. <laughs> it would just be a crazy thought but now all of a sudden that's completely rational like of course you would do that <laughs> yeah but I think I you're right this. So many people who kind of have this mentality, if they haven't had children, exactly, like, what do you do all day? The baby sleeps, what do you do? You sit at home, you watch TV, you know, you fold washing and that's it. Like, how easy is your life? And 
again, until you've been through it, you, you don't realize because it is, it's all of those things about, you know, listening to what they need. And there's this little person who can't tell you what they need, but you have to decipher what, you know, what it could be. And you have to get to know them in this, you know, intrinsic way to be able to understand their needs when they can't actually voice them. And that is just the most, it's wonderful, but it's, it's an exhausting draining sort of a thing as well. Like, you know, you may not accomplish anything in a day from what outsiders might see, but you never stop, you know, like you are doing so many things. And yeah, I agree. There's sort of that perception, especially with people who haven't had children or aren't around children is that what, what do you do? You know, how, how do you, a day you must be so bored that's right yeah. yeah and I know that when I was on um so I went on mat leave two weeks so at 38 weeks yep um and Theo came at 40 weeks and three days and mm-hmm. I was like to everyone what am I doing like I'm <laughs> so bored I'm sitting around and everyone's like no enjoy it enjoy it and yep. As much as people can tell you all of that, yeah, I I was, you know, really hard on myself because I'm like, no, I can't relax. Like I'm so not yep. used to relaxing, just chilling out. And then now Theo's here. I'm like, oh my gosh, what I would give <laughs> for just one one whole day to myself. Yep, yep exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, oh, yeah, and that question too I think like what did I do with my time before I had children like where, yeah, where did exactly. I spend my days what did I do on my the weekend? productivity has gone <laughs> oh, it's amazing I can get so much done with yeah. very little time and now I'm like oh man yeah. like I really missed out like I really should have you know upped my game a little bit <laughs> Exactly right. Fully appreciated those solidary moments that, you know, I didn't have to do anything or look after anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a strange thing. It's wonderful. It's so wonderful. But yes, it's a strange and it is. It's just that it's it's a whole new world. And even if you feel like, no, I'm I'll be fine, you know, my my life's not gonna change. That's a very common thing, you know, mums say, My life's not gonna change, it's gonna be exactly the same. You know, it it does. Whether you like it or not, your life changes. And, you know, it's it's yeah it's different it's going to be different yeah and I remember telling people oh yeah. I'm going to take you know my leave as like a year for me and yeah. <laughs> you know, I might do some study on the side you know upskill myself I'm like yeah, yeah right like when when have I got time to do that now like oh my gosh you know running yeah. a business now and yeah. and you know trying to fit all that in yeah. I, like how am I going to even put study in there in the exactly. mix and, you know, have the brain capacity too to, yeah. you know, to, to learn everything and acknowledge everything and take it all in and, and oh, I just don't know how people do it. And That's some awesome. people do and I give them props yeah. to, you know, huge props because yeah. some I know some people that have done, you know, MBAs while they've been on leave and I just don't understand how they can do it but oh my gosh like whoever does it yeah amazing exactly there's some days I can't even form a sentence like I can't put two (laughs) words together I needed three copies today (laughs) (laughs) exactly ever can get you from point a to point b that's it you know
What do you think your biggest challenges have been over the last few months? You know, what do you think has challenged you the most about being a mum? I think that there's been two main challenges Mm -hmm. that I've really come across. And um, one is around the finding balance. Yeah. You know, finding balance around self-care for myself. Yeah. Um, you know, spending time with Theo as well as spending time with my husband. Yeah. And, you know, you really do need to work on your husband and wife, oh, you know, yeah. relationship. Yeah. What you've already got and, yeah. you know, and trying to balance everything up because obviously, you know, my husband wants to also spend time with Theo one-on-one and yeah. it's important for them to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, the biggest challenge that we've had is just initially finding that balance and it yeah. takes some time to do that. And yeah. I would say it probably, you know, it was the first six weeks mm-hmm. that was really full on because, yeah. you know, you have a baby, particularly when it's your first, you yeah. go from like having a life for yourself <laughs> that is so self-centered. Yeah, it is. And then you need to care for this little little tiny baby that, mm. you know, you, you have to do everything for it. And yeah. um, I think, yeah, just finding that balance also, like for me, I know that I struggled um, spending time with Matt um, yeah. initially because I, I didn't want to let go of Theo. And yeah. it's all about, you know, making sure that everyone's needs are fulfilled and yeah um uh, including my own so I know that like my parents-in-law came and stayed with us yeah uh, when Theo was six weeks and Mm -hmm. I'm quite fortunate my uh my mum-in-law she is uh she was a health nurse uh, a family health nurse yeah so she was like give it, give them to me. You go do whatever you need to do. So I was like, Oh, actually I do need a haircut. I've been (laughs) meaning to get a haircut even prior to having Theo. I was like, I need to get a haircut before Mm -hmm. I give birth, but Mm -hmm. I never did. And then I regretted it because it took me six weeks to get a haircut. (laughs) And, (laughs) and that was glorious. Like I, I, the first time that I left, Without him, mm-hmm. all I could think about was him, but I knew yeah. that he was in safe hands. Yeah. And, you know, trying to find that balance also because I do breastfeed, mm-hmm. you know, having that time away yeah. and then coming back, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm yeah. getting full. I need, like, I, <laughs> I need to relieve myself. Yeah. He's starting to cry. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So it's just, um, yeah, that finding that balance is a big, big challenge. And, yeah. Some mums, you know, have it quite easy. Like they, they do take it on the chin and, and they yep. find that. Um, mm. But what I've found for me is that if I schedule time in for everything, yep. then it works. So, yep. for, for example, Matt takes Theo on a Sunday now for the yep. entire day and that relieves me to just do whatever I want to do. So if I want to, you know, go get a haircut, yep. um, which I haven't since. <laughs> but if I wanted to, I could, I could, yeah. And, um, you know, and also, yeah, we've got a schedule around bath time every night and, 
you know, Matt doing the bath time and the winding down time for Theo because when Matt gets home, it is Theo's bedtime. So it gives him that opportunity to have that one-on-one time, but also, you know, also ticks the box to see him that day. So, um, and also it gives me, it relieves me too, because then I can just sit and relax and do whatever I want. And usually that forms part of the time that I dedicate towards my business and has been really, really useful for me. Um, and then the second challenge I think would be around patience. Um, I'm not patient. (laughs) I'm just not a patient person. I can say that is exactly me as well. Not at all. (laughs) I think you learn to become a little bit more patient. Yeah, I agree completely. And yeah, but I just think, you know, I'm, that's something that I'm still working on. Um, yeah, yeah. particularly if you're sleep deprived, um, or, you know, you're overhearing the baby cry a lot, Mm. you know, you just, you know, it gets to a point where you just can't handle it. And for me, I've just had to put him down in Mm -hmm. a safe place and just walk away and just take, you know, count to 10, big deep breaths and then come back, you know, once you've cooled off. Um, Yeah. But that I think has been a big challenge and I've never really thought about you know, ways to not be patient or to, sorry, to be patient. And um, that was probably the one thing that someone has told me, Mm. you know, um, that's been really, really helpful and has gotten me through the last five and a half months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Particularly now around the four-month sleep regression, it's a killer. It is a killer. And it is, again, like I, I remember Googling at, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the morning, like why is my four-month-old not sleeping and just being inundated with the internet telling me there's a sleep regression, which I'd never heard of before. And I yeah. just could not wrap my head around that all these babies that are so different and so varied all hit that 16-week mark and go, well, no, I'm not going to sleep anymore. And it yeah. is it's that that push for you when you're exhausted and like you said before, you know, when you're balancing all of these things, as a mother, you're wearing so many hats. There's so many things that you need to be constantly thinking about. It obviously involves you, but then your husband and your children and your business, and there's so many things going on. And then you add to that, especially when you're breastfeeding, that sort of touched out, you know, when you just feel like you cannot physically be touched anymore. And then, the, you know, the crying and the not being able to settle that person that you, you know, you adore so much it is that patience just disappears. And I I agree. I got the same information as you and I was told to just sort of put the baby somewhere safe and just go and take a couple of deep breaths and then clear your head, relax a little bit and come back. And I think it's one of the best bits of advice you can give to any mum, you know, that you just, it's okay to walk away. It's better to walk away than it is to completely snap, you know, like that, you know, 10 or 15 seconds to yourself, that 30 seconds, couple of minutes, whatever it is, if that's going to help you go back in their karma, then that's the best thing that you can do for your baby at that point, you know, but it's, it's a hard thing to do, especially the first couple of times. Cause you do, you feel like you've kind of failed a bit, I suppose. Like, why can't I do what I'm supposed to do? I'm so frustrated. I shouldn't be, but you have to, you have to give yourself the ability to feel those emotions. Oh, yeah. And sleep deprivation has never really been talked about too. Like, yeah. you know, it is, 
people, you know, offhandedly say, oh, yeah. you know, you're, you're not going to sleep for the next five years. But, like, Theo actually slept from about five uh, five weeks old to about 12 weeks old. Yeah. And he's, he was asleep through the night uh, kind of yeah. thing. Like we went, yeah. I went to mother's group and everyone's like, my kid's not sleeping. And I just kind of stood back and I'm like, don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, the four month sleep regression hit and oh my gosh, tables have turned, you know, like their, their kids are now sleeping. Mine isn't. And it is, it plays with your emotions. Um, you know, the whole sleep deprivation is just another ball game that I think, you know, everything is heightened. All emotions are heightened and, you know, that one little snap can, you know, just all that one extra cry can really just put a downer on the day and, and, you know, it will make you snap. So I, you know, I remember, Theo, he just would not, I think it was like six hours of nonstop crying and we were kind of researching colic at the time and, you know, is he colicky, you know, why is he crying? And then I just, I handed him to to Matt and I was like, I'm going for a shower. I don't care anymore. Like I'm over it. (laughs) And I was so close, um, you know, just to actually snapping. So I you know, I think that is a really big thing that not many people talk about around the sleep deprivation and, and how to handle it. Yeah. Um, and you, you see, you know, little families in Woolworths, for example, in the, yeah. you know, uh, at the shops and mum mm-hmm. looks super tired and then there's a couple of kids around screaming, pulling things off the shelf and you really do feel for them too. And it makes you realise that you're not the only one. Everyone goes through it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And the probably the biggest thing that you can do is to help them or, you know, ask them, is there anything else that I can help you with yeah. that will make your day? Because yeah. believe me, like mm-hmm. everyone would love just, you know, oh, for yes. them to like, hand over the kid just so that they can rearrange the shopping trolley or something like that. Like it's something so simple. So simple, yeah. And there's so many I find with that sort of thing, there's still so many of that that those judgmental, you know, gazes, you know. I have I have a seven year old, a three year old and a one year old. So, you know, sometimes a seven year old and a three actually he's four. That's really good parenting. He's four, not three. (laughs) Sorry, Oscar. But sometimes they will just get into it in the middle of the shopping centre. And, you know, again, when you're exhausted, you just want to melt and you just want to just disappear off the face of the earth at that moment. And, you know, there are some people who come up and will help you or, you know, give you a smile or something. And then there's those judgmental gazes, which honestly, that can be that breaking point for that day. You know, it could be nine o'clock in the morning, but having someone sort of judge you as you walk past when, you know, everyone's tired because the baby's been up all night and it's kept everyone up and everyone's just at their, you know, their last sanity point for the day. And yeah, I agree. So if everyone could just sort of, you know, come together and empower and support one another, like how much of a, a better position we would be in to be, you know, parenting if there was all of that and none of the judgment, you know, like that would, that would be the ideal, wouldn't it? 
you think that um, modern mothers are challenged in a different way than, you know, say, you know, 20 or 30 years ago? Do you think there's things that we face now as modern mothers that, you know, our parents didn't have to deal with? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the biggest driver would be technology. Oh, you know, sure. tech, yep. technology these days, it makes every mum, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, like I've fallen into the trap too. Yeah. You know, there's a trap of comparing yourself and, you know, you look at people um, <laughs> on Instagram yeah. um, and, you know, they've completely lost their baby weight straight away uh-huh. and they've bounced back and, yeah. you know, it kind of, you know, you, you're, you're looking at them like, how did you bounce back? But yeah. you have successfully yeah. and how do I do it? And that's a big driver. I'm part of a Facebook group around postpartum weight loss um, yeah. and it's also for pregnancy too. So I joined it because I was training around uh, through my pregnancy and you know the biggest thing is that I'm seeing there is um you know I'm six weeks postpartum I'm I've still got a belly and how do I lose it and you know these are all the same questions that a lot of people have yeah um and you know that puts a lot of pressure on mums these days as opposed to you know 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's also easier for a mum to look up, you know, That's ask exactly Google, right. ask Dr. Google, oh, <laughs> my kid's got a rash. Yeah. What is it? What is Instead it? Instead of actually going to the GP. <laughs> yeah. So it is twofold. Yeah. But I think that there's, you know, definitely, you know, the social media aspect that puts a lot of pressure on mums. Yeah. I think also, um, not just uh, the technology portion, mm-hmm. but, you know, at the moment, mar- the market, the housing market is, yeah. you know, super high. Like yeah. even though it's, it, it is, you know, um, it is levelling out. However, yeah. I live in Sydney and, mm-hmm. like, I need over a million dollars in order yeah. to purchase a property or, yeah. I, like, I need at least a deposit of yeah. 200 grand and, you know, having that such a such a big benchmark. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, having that kind of tick sheet in your mind being like, yes. okay, do I have the house? Do yeah. I have the marriage? Do I have yeah. the kid? Yeah. Um, you know, I think these days it is more socially acceptable to be renting, but mm-hmm. also you do really want your own property too. Yeah. So in order to achieve that, you need to be working and that means you, what takes priority and that's the juggle. Yeah. Do you go back to work and mm-hmm. be career-driven and mm-hmm. make the bucks to afford that property or yeah. do you, you know, stay at home with your, 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 your baby, you have a fantastic relationship with that baby and you care yeah. for it? you know, one-on-one, or do you put it into childcare? So, you know, there's just so many aspects to it all. Um, You know, around I think just pressure just as society, you know, everyone wants their big house and Mm -hmm. they want to be able to afford it themselves and not have help. But Mm -hmm. also, you know, like there is a generation now that 
grandparents are coming in as a child carer and absolutely yeah there's just so much going on um Mm -hmm. and I think mainly it is again social media that's pushing that but you know I think everyone's different it really depends on where you're living too and it's also about you know taking a step back and really looking at yourself and saying what is my priority you know do I want that yeah it's almost like a big conversation my husband and I have over is this exact thing you know like do I go back to work and then, you know, we do work towards the house and, you know, which is fantastic or am I, you know, currently staying at home? But there's that it's almost a debate of time versus money, you know, like do you spend the time at home, you know, living those early years with your children and in doing so you give up that dream of a house, you know, for five or six years or vice versa do you do that dream of a house do you work and to gain that but in doing so you give up that you know a lot of that time with your children and that's it's it's an impossible decision you know there's pro such massive pros and cons to both yeah it's, yeah it's hard and like you say and then you see it everywhere and you see these people who are you know younger than you or you know with more children or whatever and they've just bought this giant house and you you can't help but think shit am I making the right decision here you know what what do I do and it's it's hard it's so hard yeah and and making that decision and being okay with it yes the hardest part because you might make the decision and then a year later you're like oh I I really regret yeah you know making this decision and Mm. it is a massive decision to kind of take um you know it it will probably take you a good, you know, a couple of months to make that decision. But once that de- decision's been made, yep. there's really no turning back. No, exactly. And, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, at the, like in terms of generations, yeah, um, you know, I know that my parents, they, uh, they purchased their house when, uh, you know, us kids were quite young. Um, and they purchased a flat just prior to, um, my eldest brother, but getting born. But, um, yeah, it's just insane. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the, the property market, no matter where you live in Australia is still hard. Like it's, it is, is, it's not achievable as, um, you know, like in a, if you're in your twenties, you'd really have to be on some decent money or have, you know, help to yeah. purchase those properties and, yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's really tough. It is so, tough. And it's not yeah. even so much those housing repayments because a lot of the time where people are living, the rent is quite similar to what a mortgage repayment would be anyway. But it's like you say, that $200,000 deposit, like that is such a phenomenal amount of money. You know, you're going back 15, 20 years ago, that's the whole cost of a house, you know. Like you get a, right. a nice big chunk of house for that cost, you know. Now it's just the deposit. Yep. It's, you know, it, it's, it's a massive thing. Yep. And then if you're looking at people that, you know, are taking leave to, yep. you know, for maternity leave, yep. most people aren't getting paid on maternity leave. So then, mm. or you know, you're getting half of what you're normally getting. Yep. So it's yep. just that you know, that extra financial crush yeah, and, uh, you know, that will kind of, I think it will just also put a lot of pressure on 
you as a couple, as a family. Absolutely. And that's yep. what you really need to discuss before having a child or, yep. you know, while you're pregnant, yep. what what are the what plans? Happened? What do yep. we expect? Yeah. Um, we rent. So yep. um, Matt and I rent, but we have investments. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we've got property, but we don't um, live in it. Yep. And we made that decision because we were going to purchase a property mm-hmm. uh, when I was around 28 weeks pregnant. Yeah. And, like, these type of things you don't really want to do on a whim. But <laughs> we, I went and got a pre-approval. We were like, yeah, let's buy it. And then we're like, no, 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 no. Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> like, we haven't really thought about this. We were just like, let's just buy a flat. Like, we can kind of afford a flat. Like, like we won't have anything, you know, to, you know, if something went to, went wrong, we, we don't have anything behind us. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, um, we, I think we made the right decision because yeah. where we live now is perfect. Um, it's a house, yeah. you know, and it's in the suburbs where it's not, you know, it's close to really nice schools and Beautiful. we intend to be here a few years, which means yeah. that we can, you know, work on our deposit for a bigger house and, yeah. um, or, you know, on renovations in, in our other houses. So, Absolutely. yeah. Beautiful. Is that part of the driver to the Milk Society? Was it so that you could sort of have a, an income whilst being at home, trying to have sort of both of those things, you know, having that time and being able to spend that time, you know, not being away from nine to five every day, but also, you know, trying to bring that income into the house. Is that part of, you know, the thought process there for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Passive income for for me is a biggie and um, I'm a person that doesn't like to stay still. So I can't imagine being on maternity leave right now and not be doing something. Um, I think it would be driving me nuts. And even now I go out every day. So I see at least someone every day and Mm -hmm. that's more around a self-care thing for me. Um, because I am, um, uh, like I need people around me 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, otherwise I do fall, you know, I do feel as though, um, I get a little bit, you know, trapped, yeah. Um, particularly at home by yeah. myself and, and a baby, I need to talk to people. So it's, it very quickly yeah. becomes an isolating thing, doesn't it? Even just a couple of days in the house, that isolation hits pretty hard. It does. Yeah. 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 And, you know, for an extrovert like me, um, mm. you know, that's not something that is ideal. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it does work out that way because you know people are busy or I'm busy and need to do housework so Mm -hmm. it is a fine balance yeah um but it is nice to have the milk society to work for um because it is a great incentive for me you know um my incentive is to make make it as successful as possible yeah um and I do spend quite a lot of time on it Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel like work. Yeah. So because it is a passion project, it is my passion. And yeah. um, I guess, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I picked it. 
Thank you so much for joining us on our part one chat with Karina from the Milk Society. Tune in on Friday where we'll drop the second track where we'll learn all about her incredible business and all her plans she has for the future. She's even got a sneaky discount code for the listeners. Thank you for joining in today. Be kind to yourself, look after yourself and make sure you're taking a moment of reflection and self-care every day.